Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good morning and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Diane Callahan, your host of The Lighthearted Life, and our topic today is Seeking Wonder and Finding Your Joy. My guest today is Andrea Shear, and I want to tell you some awesome things about her. Andrea is an author, artist, and life coach, and her work is driven by her belief in the transformative power of creativity for joy and for well-being. For nearly two decades, through her award-winning blog, Superhero Journal, her Creative Superheroes podcast, and her best-selling e-courses, Andrea has thrilled others with their own power to find magic all around them. And you guys, she recently published her book, Wonder Seeker. 52 Ways to Wake Up Your Creativity and Find Your Joy. And it straddles the world um, of creativity and mindfulness, and it's filled with playful inspiration to help us seek out joy and wonder and live our lives full of presence and connection and vibrancy. So, Andrea, welcome. I'm so glad you're here with me today. You're so full of wonder, I can tell. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being had, <laughs> which is a terrible thing. Um, first of all, I, I want to share that I first um, got to know you uh, quite a number of years ago now when I took your course, Mondo Biondo. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Are you still teaching that course? Still have it available on my website. There's like an there's an automated version, so yeah, it's it's on demand and ready to go. And it's still in its original form. That was the first e-course I ever taught. It's about you know manifesting, about the law of attraction, about dreaming bigger dreams for ourselves and stepping into them. And like, what do we cultivate in ourselves, just even in the pursuit of a big dream? And um, yeah, I still stand by it. It's a great course, and it's still something that I that I practice. I practice a lot of those principles still. You know, it is a great course. I ha- I have to tell you this, Andrea. So when I was getting ready for the show, um, I went into my office, which is actually my closet because it's my closet and office all in one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm currently in my office as well, just so you know. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, but on my bulletin board, and it was actually, you know, other things had been pinned on top of it, but on, on my bulletin board was this beautiful page that I created um, from your Mondo Biondo course, and I called it Mondo Biondo Dreams, and it was dated October 27, 2015. Mm-hmm. And I have... From, from the course, I had written down things I want to accomplish, people I want to meet, fun I want to have, places I want to go, and money goals I want to accomplish. And I have mm. to tell you that I haven't accomplished everything because I, like, went big. I had a lot of things in each of the areas. 
But one thing I want to tell you is I accomplished at least one thing in each of those areas. And so that wow. made me happy. But on the things I want to accomplish, one, two, three, four, five, six, the sixth thing was have a radio show. And here oh we are. Oh, my goodness. Here we are. Right? Full circle. How beautiful. It's so great. And then other, the other things were write a book, done, um, speak to a huge mm. audience and people laugh and cry, and I do that on the regular, and write articles mm-hmm. for magazines. And this all came out of Mondo Biondo, and these are the most important things that, are, that I've been doing, and it's happening, and I've brought them into my life thanks to you. <laughs> oh, well, you're reminding me of something that I, I believe so deeply in, which is that our desires and our wants are so pure. Like the things that we just, like, we're really hungry for, and we think, like, we're sort of trained as women in particular that what we want is, like, somehow taking something away from someone else, or we should want practical things, or but, or we should check with somebody else before we even want something, right? So there's all these things that get in the way. And one thing that I love to do with people that I coach is just to have them, like, tune into, like, what is your desire? Like, desire gets such a bad rap. But, like, that whole list that you just shared is, like, those desires are so beautiful and there's so much about your purpose and your medicine that you get to offer the world. And, like, who are we not to get in touch with those things and start to put our attention on them, right? Just said, and I think that and what I try to share with people is that those desires – those dreams, those wishes, they are planted in us very specifically to match yes. up with the magical gifts that we've been given. And when we yes. realize those dreams and when we match them to the gifts and when we go out there and do them, it's the highest level of serving our purpose and mm-hmm. the world that we achieve, don't you think? I do. And, you know, I'm, I'm having a memory as just as you say that as, as like the the dream of creating a book like the one that I created was definitely in me as a kid. I was like, I want to be, you know, I wanted to be so many things. I wanted to be a photographer. I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to, you know, help people, you know, feel better. I was writing, you know, novels as a small child about like, you know, kids that weren't paid attention to in the classroom and how special they were. Like, oh my God, it's hilarious. I mean, I look at, I look at what I do now and it's like, oh yeah, I'm a photographer. I'm, you know, an artist. I'm all those things. And it's all kind of channeled into this book, right? Yes. And what I love so much about the book, and we're going to get into much deeper um, after we have our sponsor break, but what I love about the book is it, is it just gives you like, there's prompts in there, but it gives you like ideas to try things or to, um, you know, imagine something that maybe you hadn't thought of before. And it's not like woohoo impossible. Like you have to be like completely creative or, um, I don't mean, deep, I mean like, you know, be like one of those people who meditates and, not that that's bad, but I'm just saying this is accessible for all of us. That's what I'm yeah. trying to say. <laughs> I love I mean, that. You know, I, yes, I love making creativity accessible because so many of us are, are thinking that, oh, I'm not creative or I'm not one of those people or those people are special. And it's like, no, actually, 
not. <laughs> Actually, we all have this like creative well inside of us. And if we can learn how to channel that, whether that's like cooking and like eating delicious things, or if it's like, you know, making art or writing, like there's so many ways. And yeah, I love that you said that because I think like in the art world, things that are accessible kind of are frowned upon or like, oh, it's just, you know, it's just beautiful. It's not interesting or important. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm like a believer that like creativity is for everybody and it, we should be able to understand it and we should be able to respond to it in a really natural, almost childlike kind of way. Yes, absolutely. And, and I love that you said childlike because that's the deal, right? If we can like shed all the adult stuff that has is really like weighing us down and get back to that childlike wonder and fun this what what kids think of as fun that's part of what I talked about in my first book lighthearted life um kids are the best teachers right they notice things they they see what could be fun about something um mm. and I love that because that activity and and the other thing is that people when you say creativity People will think, oh, um, artist, painting, writing, I don't have those skills. And I'm like, but every day you get up and you create your life. How you dress. Mm. I mean, my closet is, is full, and that's one of my creative outlets is how I dress. And how you, yeah. you know, how you move in the world and what you think is, what you find joy in. All those things, that's creativity. Mm, it's so true. Exactly. You know, I've, I um, once worked with them. I, I, I've done a lot of um, public relations and I've worked with school districts and I once worked with a, a man who was the, in charge of all the money side, right? And the governmental relations. And that is like, people would think that's the antithesis of creativity. I'll tell you what, that man was the most creative person I've known. The way he could move monies and support, you know, just like, not inappropriately, but just be like, okay, if we did this, we can do this program for kids. And if we, if we change this up a little bit, we can have this art program for kids. I mean, he was the most creative in a job mm. that you think isn't creative. And that's my, that's my best example to people. It's like, no, 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 no. We're creating every day of our lives. And mm. the more, and, and if we can jump into that, then we can believe, oh, maybe I am kind of creative. Maybe I could do something more creative. That would be super fun. <laughs> I love that question. One of the, my yep. creative mentors in life was my seventh grade math teacher. And I wrote about him in the book. And actually, I went to visit him very recently. He's still alive. And he lives on a, a boat in Santa Cruz. And I got to have coffee with him and share what I wrote about him in the book. And just got to really honor him as like a creative mentor. It was so powerful. Oh, I love that story beyond and, and that he lived on a boat in Santa Cruz. I mean, awesome. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> exactly. We're going to take a quick moment um, and recognize uh, one of our sponsors because we, our sponsors help support our programming. So Michelle, take it away. <laughs> Thanks, Diane. All right. Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, Microsoft. The Microsoft mission is to empower every person 
on the planet to achieve more. Microsoft believes that technology is a powerful force for good, and they're working to foster a sustainable future where everyone has access to the benefits and the opportunities created by technology. Microsoft believes technology can and should be a powerful force for good, and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a brighter world in big and small ways. Thank you for your support, Microsoft, and to all of our sponsors and our partners, like you, Miss Diane Callahan, with the lighthearted light. So now, back to your show. Okay, thank you very much. We are back with the Lighthearted Life Radio Show, and with us today is our guest, Andrea Shear. And Andrea, there is just so much to talk about with your book, Wonder Seeker. And but what I want to start with, because this I talk about this so much. You know, we have where we have a built-in negativity bias in our brains. And of course, that helps us to avoid danger and things like that. But what it also does is, is you know, helps us. I mean, it's not a help, but I don't know the word for this. But it, it creates a situation where, where we also avoid joy and wonder. Mm-hmm. And so how does being a wonder, wonder seeker, like, help rewire our brains? Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad you brought this up because it's one of the most important pieces of the book. Um, So when I was in my 20s, I had a pretty intense uh, sort of generalized anxiety disorder that sort of snowballed into a panic disorder. And at that time, I actually didn't know that it was anxiety. I thought I was just kind of high strung, like there was something wrong with me. I was just uptight. And I couldn't breathe very well. (laughs) Like when I would have these anxiety bouts, I couldn't get a full breath. And, but I noticed that if I took my camera out, so this is pre-cell phone, pre-phone camera, I would actually take my big camera out and I just say, okay, what is beautiful or interesting? And armed with that one question and my camera, I would just look around and I take laps around my block. What's beautiful? What's interesting? And maybe it would be the, you know, the lemons juxtaposed against the blue sky. Like, oh, wow, that's really beautiful. Click, right? Or I would notice like, oh, wow, that green bucket against that graffiti. You know, I was living in San Francisco, so it's pretty urban there. And Mm -hmm. I would see all this, I'm very color sort of oriented. So I would notice a lot of like color and beauty in this vibrancy. And then I would come home and I'm like, oh my God, I can breathe. How is that possible? Like, I haven't been able to get a full breath all day, but now I can. And what I learned later, in part from Dr. Rick Hansen, who's a neuroscientist here in um, Berkeley, is that, like you said, we're hardwired to scan for what's wrong in our environment as a survival mm-hmm. strategy, as, as like a holdover from another time when we could be eaten by predators. But now what I was doing was that I was training my brain to also scan for beauty and for what was right and for what was good. And I was literally every single day training my brain and inclining my mind toward this other track. I was creating a new pathway, a new neural pathway, and then I was deepening it with practice. And now it's like that's just like folded into the the fabric of who I am. I am a wonder seeker. I'm always looking for beauty. I'm always looking for like – what's interesting and what have I never noticed and what is there to celebrate about life? And this is like my new survival strategy because life is hard. It's anxiety producing. And this is how I survive now is I have, it's a, it's a rigorous practice of tending my joy 
and tending my eyes and tending my, what I call my wonder goggles. I'm always putting on my wonder goggles, not in an effort to step over what's hard, but to level the playing field because I'm already going to notice what's hard and I give myself permission to feel that, but I also need to tend my mind toward what's also good and what's right. I love that. I, um, I, I think the exact same thing, and I've done the same for myself, just learning to look for the good, the smile, the, the sunshiny day. Um, and, and, and I love the brain science because those neural yeah. pathways are real. And the more when we um, – what we focus on becomes like pop-up ads in our brain. You know, like mm-hmm. when you, if you ever search for cute red shoes online – Next thing you know, everywhere you, everywhere you go online, it's like red shoes, red shoes, red shoes, red shoes. And so right. it's, the same, it's the same with our thoughts. If we keep our thoughts in this negative um, pathway and, 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 and not that we're avoiding it, but if we just stay worry, worry, worry all the time, all these things are, or, or anger, you know, which comes out of fear mm-hmm. and worry, all of those pop up more frequently. But if we can still that some of that space with looking for beauty and joy and wonder and and small small moments of happiness then we're creating these pop-up ads where as soon as we see something a bird or something like that we're like yes i love that that's wonder that's good and and in our body our bodies like we embody that our body holds onto it in fact i want you to talk to me about when i was reading the book you talk in the book about the full body yes. Tell mm. more. Yeah, so this is something that I learned from a somatic coach. So the full body yes, there's this exercise in the book where I can help you kind of identify that by imagining like a plate of delicious food in front of you. And it's like, okay, what does your body do when you imagine like eating that food? And you will feel a, a real like, your chest kind of opens or you lean forward or your mouth waters and, or you feel an uplift of energy. Like you'll notice something in your body happening, just even in your imagination. And then you do the other, the opposite. Like you imagine a food that's like really, like you really don't like, or you're allergic to or whatever. And you'll feel a contraction. You'll feel your chest sort of cave in, or you'll feel yourself pulling back, or you'll, you'll notice again, something that feels like a no, like a contraction of energy And when you can start to track that, like when you're, you know, in very minor situations, like your friend invites you to lunch, does that feel like a full body yes? Like, oh, hell yeah, I'm expanding my body and like I'm leaning in and that's a yes. Or do I'm like, oh, I don't know, I kind of don't have time and I kind of don't really like this person, like whatever, right? Like that's a no. (laughs) Right. And so when we can learn to honor our yeses and nos, so not just, so the first step is, of course, to notice it. And then the second step is to start saying no when we mean no. And that will change your life. When you start saying yes to your yeses and no to your no's, because when we're saying no to something, we're saying we're making space for what we want and we're making space for our authentic self to come through. And that will put you on a whole different path in life, right? Right. Absolutely. It's, it's so funny, Andrea. I write about that very same thing in Lighthearted oh, Life. <laughs> but, but what I didn't get to is the deeper, the embodiment part, because that has come into my understanding 
after, don't you hate that? You write a book and then later you're like, oh, I could have been so much deeper because now I know so much more. But um, yes, we can write about it again. Yeah, I know, right? Um, part two. <laughs> but it's that whole honoring your the embodiment part. Like I, I have a client that I coach, and she has um, struggled with anxiety. And you know, we talked about how she how it how it manifests, how it feels inside of her body. And um, as she's been letting things go and, and actually stepping into much more mindful, you know, keeping um, a mindful state, a beautiful state in her mind, um, her body is still trying to pull her into that anxiety. And I said, that's because that's where your body was comfortable for so mm-hmm. long. And so it's going to mm-hmm. give you, it's going to want you to be back in that anxious state. Because, and then, and so then you're going to feel weird, like your body's going to feel weird to you when you're not in that anxious state. And then you're going to start to wonder, well, okay, what am I, what am I forgetting that I should be worried about right now? Because our bodies hold on to, um, you know, things and they tell the tale. And so mm. when you talk about honoring what our bodies need and want in, in the full body, yes. It's so important mm-hmm. because so often, and I mean, we're just trained to say yes, right, to things we're, yeah. or, or to have a really darn good reason why we need to say no, right? Exactly. So we could say, oh, no, I'm going to be, you know, on an island in the Galapagos or something. <laughs> Can't do uh-huh. it. But, but and, and we wouldn't necessarily say, I don't want to. But the truth of the matter is, I don't want to is a legitimate response. Mm, in your body yeah. and for your, like to be able to say to yourself, well, I just don't want to. You don't mm. have to, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Say, no, thank you, or that's that's not going to work out for me. And let it go. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, I I lead a circle of what could lead a couple of circles of women on Zoom throughout the week, and we were just talking about boundaries this week and how hard they are to set. So we were talking about that full body yes, and then it's like, oh my gosh, everyone wants a script because it's like, oh my god, well, what do I say? Because of course we do want to be kind and we do want to take care of each other, and we don't want this person to take it personally. So, like, that's that's all good. We're not trying to, like, get rid of that part of ourselves, but we're just like, oh, like, hey, like, I'm actually not available for that. Can you do this other thing? Or, you know, it's like we don't have to apologize. We can be really clear, clear as kind, and we can love ourselves more than our fear of disappointing the other person. Yes. And the beauty part of all of that is what we're doing then is modeling for others how they too can honor their own full body yes and they can honor their exactly. own needs and desires, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, exactly. Every time. So I was just interviewing uh, my mentor, Sark, who's another author artist that you probably know about. Oh, my. And we could do an hour just on how much I love Sark. Go on. <laughs> oh, okay, good. <laughs> so we were just talking about this, um, and she has taught me so much about setting boundaries and also these sort of scripts because she'll literally say, you know, like this is like 20 years ago I was assisting her at a book event, and she noticed that it was exhausting for her at the end of an event to both sign books for people and meet people and then also hug them. So she mm-hmm. decided at the beginning of this this, this uh 
presentation at this bookstore, like, hey, I love you all. I want to meet you. I want to sign your books. And I won't be hugging anyone today. And it was like, oh, my God, you can just say that. You can just say what's true. And it was like a revolutionary moment probably for everyone in that room because they were all women pretty much. And we were Mm -hmm. all like, oh, that's how you do it. And that's how you do it with joy and with, like, self-love. And she taught us and taught, taught all of us something really powerful, I think. Oh, my gosh. You've just given me something so special because I, you know, I don't know if you know, but I've had, I'm a four-time cancer survivor at this point. And wow. I have, yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting 15 years, I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. But I never thought to just say, I, I, I'm excited to sign books and to meet you, but I won't be hugging today because I'm not yeah. supposed to hug because I, if I, I could pick up a little teeny sniffle and turn it into double pneumonia in 24 hours. That's my superpower, Andrea. <laughs> wow. Well, I, you know, I feel like this was, you know, maybe this is divine intervention today that I'm sharing that particular story of all the many stories yeah. I could share because you're right. It's like there are probably moments when you would risk your own well-being, your own life to mm-hmm. not disappoint someone else or to make them feel that because that's how deep this conditioning goes. Yes. And and even just saying that aloud, then that reminds me that that's, yeah. that's important, you know, because in the moment I get a little, you know, we all get a little like, woo, hug everybody. It's all, I mean, you, it's just such a beautiful moment, right? And, right. Um, but that's risky. That's like literally risky behavior for me. So you, mm. yeah, this has been really impactful. And before I forget, I want to ask you to share um our listeners, and, and this is going out live right now, but then it's available on all the places where podcasts are available. So um, our listeners, I know, are going to want to be able to reach out to you, find out more about your courses, Mondo Biondo, where to buy your book. So where could they reach you? Oh, yes. Everything is in one place. It's at andreashear.com. So A-N-D-R-E-A-S-C-H-E-R.com. And you can find everything there, how to get my book, um, it's, which is also available at every, you know, all the bookstores and Amazon and everything, but also um, how to be part of my circles. And we're, I'm going back to Mexico this year for a, a writing and photography creativity retreat. So lots of good stuff to discover. Yes, you have so many, so many interesting ways to um, get involved with you and to be guided and inspired by you. So And did you, I mean, like, imagine this, like, years and years ago, did you imagine this kind of amazing impact that you could have Mm. in the world? Oh, my gosh. You know, I I hoped, I hoped for it to have an impact like this in the world. You know, I remember discovering Sark's books back in probably 1995, and Mm -hmm. I remember thinking, oh, my God, I didn't know books could look like this. Yes. And if books can look like this, then I know what I want to do in my life. And I think that Sark became a real, um, I mean, she was sort of, she was a pioneer for so many of us in the personal growth world because, um, and I resonated so deeply with her. She's so vulnerable. She's so willing to show her authentic self 
she's willing to talk about things that are, you know, scary and edgy to talk about. And um, she's also colorful and playful and childlike and all those things. And I was just like, oh, my God, like, our hearts just match so beautifully. And so I think when I imagined, like, what's the sort of ultimate, you know, uh, the, the ultimate kind of expression of myself, it was something like her. I'm clearly not exactly like Sark at all, but but I really needed her to show me the way. And she has done that for so many of us, you know, just to be, because yeah. I, I can say the same. I mean, I think I discovered her right about the same time. I was working in Berkeley and for the YMCA and reading all her books and just thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, yeah. you can you can open yourself all the way up and share, you know, your authentic self. And, and so that, she, that's really been a guide for me um, in my speaking. You know, when I get mm-hmm. on stage and I start talking about how, you know, how to overcome, you know, our stormiest times, a lot of people look at me and they're like, oh, well, you look like you never really had a struggle. And so I literally have to open the door and say, here's this and here's this and here's this and here's another one. And, you know, and then what happened was mm-hmm. when, when started on this cancer journey, it all just came to the fore. Like people, yeah. if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're, um, you know, people introduce you as a four time cancer survivor, people like perk up and they're like, Whoa, I guess I should listen to her. And I'm like, the funniest thing is the cancer is not the hardest thing that I've been through. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Right, and, and, but people's ears sort of perk up, like, oh, okay, because you look like someone who is just like, oh, I just live on the bright side all the time, and I'm not, like, digging into the to the deep, the dark, and you're like, oh, no, sister, yeah, I have. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I know exactly, yeah, because then people can, because what happens is when we're trying to be healers and helpers, Stark and you and me and all of us, um, people will look at us and be like, well, how could you help me? We're not the same. So we've got to find mm. a way to show people, mm. oh, no, no, we're the same in terms of the struggles that we've been given. They may not, yeah. they may not match exactly, but we've gone through struggles. And mm. on that note, I cannot believe, Andrea, that this is, this is the end of our time together this time. I think we might have to do this again. Because there's a I lot more to, to do it again. More. Oh, my goodness. But thank you so much. What a pleasure. It has been an absolute joy. I've looked forward to this half hour of my life for a very long time. So, and thank you so much for being my very special guest. And I also want to thank all of our listeners in the United States and across the world because we're an international show, which is really exciting. And so after our show today, you can listen to Women Lead Radio on all of the subscription podcasts, you know, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, which I love. Um, and we're quickly expanding to become a daily radio show and podcast. But for now, we'll be back again for another live Women Lead Radio show on Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time. And it has been my sincere pleasure to be your host today. Thank you for listening, and I hope you go off and seek all the wonder and joy in your life and have a lighthearted life. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business, executive and professional women connect, 
collaborate and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.